And invariably, Grace will go up to the person in line who I know is the sickest, and she sits right in front of them and waits for them to pet her. Welcome to episode 28 of the Believe in Dog podcast. I'm your host, Erin Scott, and thank you so much for being with me today. Believe it or not, next month at the end of October will be two years since I started the Believe in Dog podcast. It has been quite an exciting adventure so far, and I'm so excited to see where the future will keep taking us together. I'm so thankful to each one of the guests who have so graciously shared their stories with us. And to you for not only listening, but for reaching out and sharing your own stories with me as well. It really makes my day when I get an email or a social media comment or a direct message from you telling me about the special dogs in your life and the special role that they've played. And so for the upcoming second anniversary of the podcast next month, I'm going to be doing a special show where I'll be sharing some of the listener stories. So if you have a special dog in your life that you would like to thank or want us to know about, know about how this dog showed up to help you through a hard time or to teach you lessons that you really needed to learn or to inspire you to do something you never thought that you would, please send me an email or a direct message on social media. I'll make sure to have links in the show notes. And I'm so excited for you to hear today's guest, Katie McQuaid, the award-winning author of the children's book series, Everybody Loves Grace. I really loved Katie's story because it really resonated with me that her life went in this totally different direction when she adopted Grace. She had this extremely professional, high-powered career. She worked in the CIA for 32 years, which is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. And now she's writing these amazing, beautiful children's book stories of her adventures with her dog, Grace. I have to admit that before reading these books, which by the way, I read the first five books in one afternoon and it was an excellent way to spend an afternoon, let me tell you. These are chapter books, which are written for elementary to maybe middle school age children, but they're really cute and adorable books and I totally recommend that adults read them too. But before I read the books, I had never heard of the Finnish Lapland breed of dogs, which is what Grace is. And anytime I find out about a new dog breed that I'm not familiar with, I immediately have to go online and start reading about them and found that they are, in fact, actually reindeer herding dogs in Scandinavian countries. And I just thought that that was such a cool thing. And I thought that children in particular would really love that because these are like Santa's dogs. (laughs) I think my favorite part about the books is just how they're written and how the world is viewed through Grace the Dog's eyes. And I think that we've all done that sometimes. I know we frequently do it around our house where we will 
narrate the world from the dog's perspective, usually using some kind of silly voice. And so I love the idea of taking that kind of worldview and making it into a book and trying to imagine how we would view the world or view travels through the United States like Grace and Katie do uh, through the dog's eyes. Have you ever looked at your dog and thought that they were born to do something? Whether it's something like a dog sport or dog training. With my Penny, I always think that she was born to make people smile. She loves to hang her head out the car window at the traffic light and there's always children or older people or even somebody on the back of a Harley who are smiling and waving to her because she just looks so happy and joyful and you can just see that joy radiating from her. In fact, we did name her Penny after Penny from the Big Bang Theory because, well, she's kind of blonde colored and she just makes people smile. We almost went with Phoebe, like from Friends, but in the end we ended up with Penny because she just seemed more like a Penny. And so when Katie describes Grace and how Grace is just sort of a natural therapy dog, I just thought that was so interesting because some of our dogs do just kind of have this mission that they are born with and it's our job to help them fulfill that. I feel like I've been very fortunate to see as much of this in my life as I have because of the awesome people that I've met and some of which you've heard on the podcast because I actually think it's very special when we dog owners are able to recognize that our dog has a special talent or affinity for something and then we also make the changes in our life to let them live and fulfill that. And I really did love these books so much, but I didn't want you to just take my word for it. So it just so happens that I know of a little girl who lives in my neighborhood. I'm actually friends with her mom from a long time ago. And from being Facebook friends with Lisa, I happen to know that Megan, number one, loves dogs and number two, loves reading. So I thought, hey, wouldn't it be great to get a kid's eye view a kid's book review on the Everybody Loves Grace series. So I reached out to Lisa and she was kind enough to let me give her daughter Megan a reading assignment over the summer. And so Megan read the five Grace books that are currently out. Book six is coming out soon. And so if you stay tuned after my interview with Katie, we will then have a mini interview with Megan to give us her kid's eye view on the books. So first, we're going to hear from Katie McQuaid, and she's going to tell us about her background and growing up with pets and how she got started working for the CIA, what she can tell us about that, and then how the Finnish Lapland dogs came into her life with the first dog, Tinto, and then with how Grace came into her life. Katie shares with us about how taking a walk with Grace is what inspired her to write her first book and how she realized that Grace was a really special dog to all those she encountered. We'll also hear about the lessons that Katie has learned from having Grace in her life, how they got through COVID together, and what the future holds for Katie and Grace. So let's get started with the award-winning children's book author, Katie McQuaid. Hello, I am here today with Katie McQuaid, who is the award-winning author of the children's book series, Everybody Loves Grace. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, Erin. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to share your story because I thought it just was so perfect for how dogs can be this amazing inspiration and take our lives into like a different direction we were totally not expecting. 
I always like to start out by asking if you grew up with pets. Like I didn't actually have a dog until I was 25. So this was definitely a direction I wasn't expecting. So uh, did you grow up with pets? Have you always been an animal lover? I did grow up with a, a dog. Actually, my parents had a, we had a one dog growing up. His name was Beauregard and he was a French poodle. <laughs> so I remember him until I went off to college. He was with us. Oh, <laughs> what area did you grow up? I grew up in, um, I went to high school in McLean, Virginia. And prior to that, I lived in Buffalo, New York as until I was 12 years old. Oh, okay. And you had quite an interesting career if we're allowed to talk about that. <laughs> I, I can tell you a little bit about it. Absolutely. Are you interested? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, um, I grew up in McLean, Virginia. That's where I went to high school. And that's where the headquarters of the CIA is, the Central Intelligence Agency. And when I graduated from college, the CIA was hiring. So I interviewed and I thought I would do that for two or three years until I figured out what I really wanted to do. And then one day I woke up and it was 32 years I had spent with the CIA, <laughs> living abroad, doing, uh, and also in the United States, but really doing support services to help the Central Intelligence Agency operations around the world. That is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, I worked with some amazing people and I just, there was, we were mission driven and it was a great, great place to be. And so as an adult, I think you said it was your ex-husband who introduced you to the Finnish Lapuns. Mm -hmm. And so did you have your first, his name was Tinto, right? Yes. Did he, did you have him uh, while you were living abroad or living in the U.S. or both? Both, actually. Um, I met Tinto when I was living in Germany and he was bred in Denmark. Copenhagen, Denmark is where Tinto came from. And my ex-husband actually did a lot of research and wanted his kids to have uh, a Finnish Lapun dog. And so that's where Tinto came from. Glenn was living in Denmark at the time when he got Tinto. And then when I met Tinto, he was two and he actually became my dog pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to say so. And anyway, that's how uh, I was introduced to the breed. Cause I had never heard of that breed before. Um, you said they're actually used for reindeer herding. Yeah, they're a very, very old breed. Um, they're from the nomadic tribes. They were were used to herd reindeer and still are up in uh, Finland and the northern European countries. I bet children love that. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're like, really? Reindeer? Like, I think they don't realize that reindeer really are reindeer. <laughs> there are reindeer. So I don't know. I haven't ever traveled to Europe. I don't know much about like how dog friendly it is. You know, is it a dog friendly place to live when you were in Germany? Absolutely. Um, Germans love, love, love their dogs and their pets. And actually they're more welcoming to dogs in restaurants than they are children. Actually. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Tinto would go everywhere. He would go to every restaurant with us, indoor oh. or outdoor. Oh, indoor also. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And there's no problems or I don't know what the fear is in the U.S., but. <laughs> no, they're very welcoming to dogs in Germany. And so you ended up moving back to the U.S. and having Tinto. And then what made you decide to get Grace? So um, Tinto was 15 years old and he was living with just me at the time. And I had moved to Denver 
And actually we came here when he was 14 and I was thinking, huh, I wonder if he should have a companion because I used to have a cat that was, they were really good friends. Her name was Venus and she's a Bengal and she, they were buds. And when we moved to, she died before I came to Denver. So I was thinking, should I get into another companion? And through um, one of his doctors, um, she said, yeah, I think he's ready for a companion. She said he wants it to be a female and it, can't be a puppy. <laughs> so I said, should it be another Finnish lap fund? And she said, yes, he says, just like me. Aww. <laughs> and so I know you talk in the first book about how grace came to you. Um, is that like an accurate, like how I didn't know how accurate, you know, that was. It's very accurate. Actually, the, the one thing I did leave out of the books is Grace's situ- living situation was not great on the farm. And so I tried to allude to that without it being too much for children. But um, she had had 20 puppies in a very short order and two litters. And um, she was really left out on the farm quite a bit. And when the father would come home from his business trips, he said there were too many dogs. And so the the owner said, you know, I really needed to find a safe place for Grace. And she came all by herself. And Erin, it's actually a question I get asked quite a bit from children. They're like, did Grace really fly by herself on the plane? And I'm like, yeah, we did. She came in her crate in the cargo hold of the plane. Yeah. And from Canada? Yes. And I, I loved... Because all the books are written through Grace's point of view. And so I really love when she's describing like having to go downstairs for the first time or getting her bath for the first time and and the hairdryer. And I I think that was actually like my favorite illustration from that first book was her like in the bathtub and getting the hairdryer on her. (laughs) It's so interesting to try to see, you know, imagine how things would be from their point of view. Absolutely. You know, I did a children's reading just this last weekend. It was part of a donation I had given to the Children's Museum. And when I get to the illustrations of Grace with the blow dryer and in the bathtub, I laugh every time because it's they're just great illustrations and they're it's so fun to see those. It is. They were so perfect. Did you know the person who was the illustrator or how did that come about? I did not know Susan. Um, she was introduced to me through my publishing consultant. Okay. Yeah, and he—that um, was actually the hardest part about publishing the first book was finding an illustrator that captured what I thought was the essence of Grace. And Susan does just an amazing job. Yeah, I thought I thought it was perfect. I was going through and making notes about like which my, what my favorite illustrations were from each book, and I was just I loved it. like some of the landscapes and your travels. I mean, it's really beautiful and the perfect complement to to the story. Yeah. <laughs> that's very excellent. And so, had you always had this burning desire to write a children's book, or how did this all come about? Because it seems like such a stark difference to go from working in the CIA to writing children's books, but maybe you've always had a creative outlet or? No, actually it's a great question because I, I tell people I never aspired to be an author or a children's book author, but, um, it came to me one day when I was walking grace up at Denver health, you know, she nudges me up that way every so often, a couple times a week. And I call it her therapy trips. And she, we ran into the head of the paramedic team and he had a sweater on that said captain and his shiny black shoes. And 
um, he stopped dead in his tracks when he saw Grace and he said, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. And then Grace does what she always does and looked straight into his eyes and down into his heart. And as we walked away, he said, if only I could start my day like this every day. And that's part of the book one story. And it was when I got home from that walk that day, I thought I got a message that said, that book you're supposed to write has nothing to do with you, Katie. Grace's story needs to be told. And I was, I kind of argued with God a bit, Aaron. I said, (laughs) I don't have children. I, what do I know about children's books? And I just got the message, just do it. So I did. I thought, what's the worst that can happen? I've chronicled Grace's life and, um, I just, I did it. And, uh, it's turned out to be a really, really fun process. Did you know that she was special right away or did it take like seeing how she is with other people or is it something you saw in in your own? Like we always think they're special to us, right? Yeah. (laughs) But, um, it, you know, it takes, I wonder, I was wondering if it took things like that to make you realize like, Oh, there's something with this dog. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I didn't know it right away. I mean, I knew she was special because when she walked in the door and Tinto greeted her and they were like best buds right away and they were, it was so sweet. Um, but it was over time. Like I, she was just respectful of Tinto. You know, he was 15 at the time and I watched how she interacted with him. And I think every dog is special and it's us, us paying attention to what is, what we see in them that, um, because over time I realized grace, when we go to Walgreens, for instance, she'll pull me into Walgreens and we go back to the prescription line where people are waiting in line. And invariably grace will go up to the person in line who I know is the sickest. And, and she sits right in front of them and waits for them to pet her. And and they always do. They bend over and they pet her. And I was, uh, you know, I just watched and observed and then I realized, wow. Or if I had a group of friends over and one of them was having a particularly tough time in life. Um, that's who Grace would decide to sit next to. She, she knows. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> How much time did Grace and Tinto have together? They had one year almost to the day. Okay. She came in May and he died in May the next year. It was almost as if he said, mom, you're in good hands yeah. and for me to go. I had a, I had I had a sort of similar experience like that myself. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, our first dog was Lucy and she had her best friend Kalua and they were both sick at the same time and Kalua passed first. And we always thought that made sense because Lucy would be okay without Kalua, but I don't think Kalua would have been okay without Lucy. Yeah. And so we had just Lucy for about six months and one day I was out volunteering with my friend. We were doing cat TNR work in Baltimore and here comes this dog out of an alley that's skinny and hardly has any fur on her and like had clearly given puppies in the not too distant past. And that is my penny. He was laying here next to me snoring. And I think Lucy hung in there for about six weeks or so after we brought Penny home. And we kind of felt like she thought like you guys are in good hands now, you know, and that we also couldn't have been in a position where we had no dogs in the house, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, I just always think that that's interesting timing. And I think 
you know, somehow they know that kind of thing. It's, it's so interesting. Oh, I wanted to ask you about how Grace got her name. Cause again, that's such a perfect name for her. Well, that's a great question too, Erin. You've got some good ones. Um, well, Grace did not come with the name Grace. Um, she came, she was Malia when she arrived to live with me. And there were two different vets that said, you know, her name isn't Malia. And I had never heard of such a thing. And I said, and one of the doctors said, this is her third visit. And I can't remember her name. It means it's not her name. I said, well, what's her name? And he goes, I don't know, but you'll figure it out. <laughs> and the name Grace popped in my head three times when I was sitting in his office. So I said, I think her name is Grace. And Grace gets up, runs around the desks and asks Dr. Hemerson for a treat. <laughs> But what's even more interesting about that is I had no idea, but Grace's mom was named Amazing Grace. I figured that out like six weeks after that her mother was Amazing Grace and I had changed her name to Grace. Oh, wow. That's such an adorable story. <laughs> they do kind of tell us sometimes. <laughs> yes. She's like, come on, mom, get with it. <laughs> So with her coming from living on like a farm to then coming and living in the city, was there, did you see like an adjustment period with her or is she just kind of always roll with the punches, you know? Grace rolled with the punches. <laughs> Not only do I live in the city, but I live in a condo. So I, her only one and only accident was the day she arrived and she's never had one since. And she just fell right into the routine in the home and let Tinto, you know, he was, he would lead our walks. He was slow and she would stay right behind him. And she was just, he would show her where all his favorite sniffs are and she'd go <laughs> after him and sniff. It was, they were beautiful together. <laughs> One of the things that really stood out to me from reading the books was all the different types of people that you guys encounter. Mm -hmm. And you know, they seem to come from all different walks of life facing various, you know, maybe challenges in life. And I, I was really curious, you know, in the books, we get it from Grace's point of, of view and how, you know, when, it, like you had said, like she looks into their people's eyes and can see right into their heart. And I had written that down because I thought that reminded me so much of all of our dogs and, mm -hmm. and how you said, you know, she seems to find the people that need her. And even when you're out hiking, you know, on a trail on vacation, she finds a little boy who's missing, you know, his dog and could really use, you know, a hug from a dog. And you talk about sometimes I'm, I'm assuming, you know, from the description, it might be somebody who's, you know, living on the streets or going through some kinds of challenges. And so I was curious to hear what some of that's like from your point of view. Well, you know, it's a difficult situation once in a while because Grace is getting older now, but she, I, I admire that she wants to work with people and help people and be there for them. But sometimes it's hard work for her, right? Like she's, but that's really what she was meant to be here on this earth for. I'm, I'm convinced of that. And some days I'll say, Grace, you don't have to work so hard. And she's like, no, mom, that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> and uh, I'm never afraid if Grace takes me up to meet somebody, I'm not afraid because I trust her judgment really. 
And there's times in, with Grace and even with Tinta where she won't go down a street. She'll turn right around. And it's a street we go down five times a day, but that day she decides not to. So I follow her lead and let her um, because I know. So some of the people we go to are really rough, like they're in rough situations. And But if Grace goes up to them, I trust it. And I know that there's a reason we're there. She doesn't go to everybody, but when she picks the person, I know it's safe. To me, I was thinking it was like a reminder that no matter like what our differences are, you know, in life, there's still always something that unites us, right? And that we all love and appreciate dogs and, you know, we can all um, have a special spot for them. And that's something I've experienced too in, in volunteer work, you know, like it doesn't matter where somebody comes from or what their circumstances are and how that's different from my circumstances, but you know, we all have this like common bond, you know? <laughs> right. right. And I, I talk about it in book one. There's sometimes Grace will go up to somebody. This was worse when I was working uh, outside of the home, but she'll go up to somebody and be like, come on, Grace, I don't have time for this. Today. And then she's like, oh no, you have time. Mom. Like slow down. You've got time. And, and <laughs> that was, it's pretty funny actually when she does that, it's her way of slowing me down. <laughs> right. Right. And that's another lesson that the, that they've taught me, you know, living in the moment and slowing down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And I really enjoyed that about your books, how each book kind of has like a lesson or like a, a theme and, and it's not like beat you over the head with it, you know, it's like, it's very, you know, it's, it's worked into the story, you know, very well. And so I was curious, you know, like as you're going about your travels with Grace, are you, are you on the lookout for the lesson? Do you know it's the lesson as it's happening or is it something you kind of get home and reflect about and you're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> At the latter, I, I typically, when we travel, I'll, I'll make notes along the way of like significant events or something will come to me and I'm, I'll just like keep a journal. And then when we get home, I write the story. And, um, some of the books are actually a combination of two trips. Like we've been to the Grand Canyon twice and we've been to Texas three times. So it's a combination of trips, but the lesson comes to me as I start to write the details and see the trip through Grace's eyes. I appreciate the feedback. The lessons kind of sneak up on you, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I loved about seeing it through Grace's eyes was that the Grand Canyon was like a big bowl. <laughs> that did make me chuckle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she would go right out to the edge and I'm kind of afraid of heights and I'd be like, Oh my God. And she would like be right on the edge. I would be hanging back with you. I think (laughs) I luckily had the extra long leash with me. One of the other things I was noticing is all the different wild animals or wildlife that she's run into. You know, I think there's everything from elk to armadillos and, and you said you were saying she doesn't really bark very much, but she'll bark you know, when she sees something like that. <laughs> yes, it's true. She, you know, I, I hear that Finnish Lapuans bark, but Grace just doesn't bark really, except for when there's a bear or an elk <laughs> or a mountain lion. <laughs> yeah, I would um, bark too. <laughs> <laughs> I'd run. <laughs> Does Grace get excited when she sees you start to pack for a trip and, you know, you're packing all her stuff? Yes, I, uh, but she does when we're getting, when I'm getting ready for a trip with her, I make sure I tell her that she's going to be coming with me because I do travel a bit for 
some consulting work I do. And those times when the suitcase comes out or she's not too happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) But when she sees the purple suitcase come out and her dog beds, like I bring a couple of dog beds with me, she gets excited. And I also communicate that to her that we're going to be going together. So we have one coming up. We're going to go to Santa Fe in a couple of weeks. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I also thought it was cute and it, it reminded me of my girl Penny because Penny lives for, I always say adventures, but, you know, a car ride, like she lives for, for going, you know, new places. And she gets all excited and she grabs like a shoe or a slipper that's nearby and is like running around carrying it in her mouth. And it's so adorable. Um and the other thing that reminded me too was that she doesn't really sleep in the car if we're, you know, in the car for a long time. You know, she's always like, where are we going? Where are we going? And you could kind of describe some of that with Grace also. Well, Grace would tell Penny that every day is an adventure. So she <laughs> agrees with her that she gets excited just to go to the grocery store. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, one of the things I wanted to hear from your point of view was the time that Grace got lost. <laughs> that was very scary for me. <laughs> Sounds like she was having a good old time. <laughs> she had a great time. So a little backdrop to this story was I was getting ready to go on a business trip the next day. It was a snowy February day and I was leaving the next day, but we had gone to see her vet and there's a lake we like to walk around and I had her off the leash because there was absolutely nobody around and Grace is usually really good on a leash. <laughs> And that day she took off and she, she just took off. I couldn't keep up with her. And when I got around the the lake and over the crest of the hill, she was nowhere to be found. I was so scared because I couldn't see tracks in the snow. There was no sign of grace. So for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours, I was looking around for her and I run into people and this one woman said, I'll go down next door. I'll go home. Cause I, I didn't have a computer with me. I had no way to put an alert out. I was 45 minutes from my house, which is like, we weren't in our own neighborhood. <laughs> that sounds then, so stressful. <laughs> oh, it was so scary. And I have a friend who does animal communication and I texted her and said, can you tra- like, tell me where she might be? But the one woman I ran into said, there's a lot of coyote up on that hill. And she said, Perhaps she's up in that area. So I went back, which is near the acute care facility, where, which was where Grace was. Okay. And um, I heard this, this gentleman say, hey, you looking for a dog? I said, yes. <laughs> and um, he said, we have, his name was Larry. And we went in and there was Grace um, visiting with all the acute care people in the acute care facility. <laughs> and the nurses and the physical therapist said we knew she had to belong to somebody. She was too well groomed <laughs> and fed to to know she was a stray, so they let her in. And I was wondering how they they would just let a random dog in. <laughs> she Grace was looking in all the windows, so they they have a physical therapy room, and she was like looking in the windows at the patients doing their physical therapy. <laughs> She does just always seem to know who needs her, huh? I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and Erin, if I could expand just a little bit, this um, when we go back to that lake, Grace will go around, but she's always in a hurry to go by the acute care facility. <laughs> and through COVID, they she couldn't go in, and she would go. the The activities director would come out and say, "Grace, I'm sorry you can't come in today. 
So Grace would just sit on the lawn in front of the acute care facility. And I would give her like maybe a half hour, 45 minutes. We would sit and we would, we know we were right by the patient's rooms. Oh, oh my gosh. And so she does do work as a, a therapy, like an official therapy dog also, right? Yes. Yes. She's technically not um, qualified because she's on a raw diet and the program here, programs here in Denver won't let dogs on a raw diet be therapy dogs. Oh. So we do it our own way. And the activity director at this acute care facility said, you can come any time a day or night. We'll, we'll open the door. Of course, that was pre-COVID. But we found a way to do our visits after COVID <laughs> or during COVID. And that was doing these outside visits? That Well, that was just sitting outside. And, and um, some of the patients would come by in their wheelchairs and they, we, we would wave Aww. to them or talk to them from a distance. <laughs> but we would, Grace would sit and she'd face the door. And... How did you guys get through COVID together? I say thank God for Grace because I got through COVID with Grace. She got stuck with me. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> but I was so, so grateful to have Grace with me by my side through COVID. And I had COVID for, um, and so I was sick for a couple weeks. And oh. thankfully I was able to walk her and take care of her myself. I didn't need help with that, but she's been through the whole thing with me. Oh my. <laughs> and did you guys have something going on with YouTube during COVID too? Yes, absolutely. We did. Um, so I thought, how can I do something to serve others through COVID? And I thought, well, Katie, you can start doing story time. So I did. I read each book like three times or four times. I can't remember, but we would read a couple chapters a day and I would answer questions from kids or from the people that were on Facebook live. And I've, re I've moved those over to YouTube. They're on my, um, Grace has a YouTube channel. Oh, I love it. But, oh, that was so much fun to do the story time and a way to give back. And Grace is very camera shy, though. So when at the end of the story time, I would try to put her on camera and she would last for about five seconds before <laughs> I walk away. You mentioned that in some of the books, too, that she really, mm -hmm. there was one time where you talk about her having a photo shoot. Too many photos. <laughs> I, I understand that feeling, too. <laughs> And you guys went to Best Friends. In fact, was that where the photo shoot was? I think that might have been. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've always wanted to go there, and I, I thought, again, that was a beautiful place. Oh, it's such a beautiful place, and the work they're doing is so amazing, really. It, the setting alone is beautiful, and then just the heart that they give to these animals. They have over a 1,000 animals there wow. in a rescue situation. And uh, it looked like your longest trip, you, you guys actually came from Denver all the way out here to the East Coast. And I actually learned about this amazing Christmas village in Pennsylvania. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to go there now. Yes. <laughs> it looks like it's about an hour and a half away from me. It's very magical. It's just a beautiful family-run business that's uh, been there for 71 years. I think 72 years now. Oh, wow. And she'll fit right in there being a reindeer dog. <laughs> yeah, right. We've been there twice, actually. We've driven to Virginia and Pennsylvania twice. The last one just last November. And then, you, so you have five books that are out now, and then you have the sixth book that's getting ready to come out, which is your trip to Washington, D.C., right? Mm -hmm. It is. Do you want to drop any hints about where she visits in Washington, D.C.? Absolutely. So Grace in book six, it's uh, Washington, D.C. She um, does a drive by the Central Intelligence Agency uh -huh. headquarters. 
Langway. She talks about that, but um, we go downtown into DC and the Lincoln Memorial, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in the Capitol. Oh, that's wonderful. She talks about the reflecting pool and some friends she made along the way. (laughs) One of my favorite lines was when she visited the Alamo and she was kind of like, I don't really know why I'm here, but you know, I'll go anywhere. Sure. Yes. And then at the Alamo, she goes, is that it? It's smaller than most of us. Imagine. Yeah. And you had stuffed animals that just came out. I just saw my email because I love it. It's adorable. I'm definitely going to be ordering some. So I was, um, I've had them um, made. I had the prototype made for over a year, but I just didn't with COVID and I didn't see a a way to market them, but actually, Grace and I are doing a seniors program. We're turning this five book series into a seniors enrichment program. It's going to be called Living with Grace, and it should launch in September. And the women that were helping me create the program said, Katie, you really need to have plush dolls. Like they need to have something to hold on to when they're listening to the stories. So we've tested it twice, and I had the prototypes at the time. These just came in, but. Um, the women that were holding the plush dogs couldn't let him go. And they kept letting the grace Aww. when they were listening to the story. It's quite beautiful, actually. It's a program to go to like senior living facilities, mm-hmm. n- nursing home kind of facilities. Mm-hmm. And I bet you can have some interesting conversations with the residents there, maybe about their dogs or, you know, pets in their life. <laughs> exactly, Erin. That's ex- the goal of the program. Obviously, Grace and I can't travel and we can't do it all ourselves. So we're building it into a package that either like silver sneakers at rec parks facilities for older, you know, people to engage in a conversation about when they grew up on a farm or did they, what, what are their dogs or did they have pets growing up? That was the experience. It's just to have like a conversation with seniors. We'll start with assisted living facilities, but I think it could even be broader than that. I was just visiting with my grandmother this weekend. She will be 97 uh, in the end of August. And she lives with my, she still lives with my parents. She gets around all right enough. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, when my mom was growing up, uh, they had a, a German shepherd whose name was Major. And my grandmother, you know, she still has most of her faculties, but she has like some like go-to stories. And kind of every time you visit her, you kind of get some of the go-to stories. So one of them is about the dog Major and, you know, how she used to let him lick the empty ice cream container. And one of her favorite ones is when is my parents actually met in high school, they were like high school sweethearts and, uh, how my dad would come over to visit and the dog would kind of wiggle himself in between them (laughs) on the sofa. (laughs) I was actually, I was just been thinking about that because my grandmother is not particularly an animal lover, but she does love these stories about major and that she still talks about, even though that was in the sixties and early seventies, you know, (laughs) that's so sweet. Yeah, they just can make such an impression. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And that that that's her go-to story. That's beautiful. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> so what what's left on on your bucket list with you and Grace? Do you have more places you want to visit? Well, Santa Fe, we're gonna we that's definitely on the, it's only a five hour trip. You know, Grace, one of the themes in book six is we're calling it Aging with Grace, and it's a little bit harder now that she's 14 and a half to go on these 
kind of extensive trips. The one in November to Virginia and Pennsylvania was a long trip. So trying to find kind of quick hit trips for Grace and I, I need to get away as much as anything. (laughs) So, and then just, um, what's on the bucket list is to honor her right now and just take care of her needs and make sure that I'm not asking her to do too much and, uh, but also letting her do as much as she wants to do. Cause she's clearly, I mean, this is clearly like her, her life's work too, you know? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And she was like, it's about time you did the plush mom and it's a, you need to get this senior program off the ground. So the goal is September. And I think she's got her eye on things. There's no doubt about it. And so I think, and there may be a seventh book. I actually think there will be a seventh book. Um, and the theme has come to me already, but it's going to be a little more fanciful and kind of grace and retirement and places she would like to travel and maybe to space or in a submarine. And I think it'll be a fun story. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm imagining a dog with like one of those old timey, um, diving helmets on, you know, (laughs) exactly. And, you know, just when I think it's a crazy idea, like at this book reading on Saturday, the father said, are you going to have grace in a space spaceship soon? And I was like, you're the third person that's asked me that. That's the sign that it's time. That's I I need to do that in book seven. So. You're like I'm I'm listening, right? <laughs> I really love how how you've embraced like these messages, you know, that you see in the world, and and like I, I like taking those cues from our experiences, and um, and I, I just really loved that about about your story, and just found it so inspiring. Mm, you're doing amazing work, Erin. Oh my gosh, really. <laughs> So if, if you could go back, you know, imagining yourself 20 or 30 years ago and have gotten this vision of you in the future, you know, writing, being a children's author, you know, visiting, doing book readings, you know, would you have ever have believed it? Never. <laughs> I would have said, you're nuts. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, sometimes these dogs come into our lives and it's like, nothing is ever the same again, but in a good way, like in the best way we never could have imagined. Exactly. <laughs> They're, the, they're just amazing teachers, um, really, Grace. And she's gotten me to step out. You know, 32 years in the CIA, I was undercover. I never really talked much about what I did or where I lived. Or, But Grace is forcing me to step out and <laughs> tell a story. And I think this is a prelude to what else is coming. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Oh, one of the other things I just had to mention <laughs> that I thought that children in particularly would, would, would get a laugh out of is when you talk about traveling with grace and obviously you need to stop and make bathroom breaks also. <laughs> and how you sometimes keep the roll of toilet paper in the car. Cause sometimes you just got to run off. <laughs> and I, there's like an inner 12 year old in me who, you know, who has that sense of humor. That's like giggling at any kind of bathroom related humor, you know? <laughs> And so I just appreciated that you included that because I'm just imagining kids are just getting such a giggle out of that. (laughs) And it's a true story. (laughs) There's still a roll of toilet paper in my car. (laughs) Because when it's hot, I can't leave her in the car, right? Right. Go inside. So I oh, well, here we go. (laughs) Well, because I I have always wanted to do a girl's trip with just Penny and I. And I was like, oh, you're giving me things to think about. (laughs) I was like, note to self. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then during COVID too, when we traveled in the rest stops, the restrooms would be locked and stuff. It's like, what are you going to do? So. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Well, I am so excited to be able to share your story and the story of these books. And I just think they're going to be so perfect for, for kids. And I told you, we're even going to have a a kid's eye book review as part of the podcast. Cause I was like, I know how much I loved this. And and I really just wanted to hear how much joy, you know, it was bringing to to children. I was just thinking, I remember reading like all the like Misty of Chinkatink and all those kind of books when I was growing up. And I was like, man, I wish I had 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 these when I was growing up. Well, here's a little story that just came in, and this is what keeps me going, like your your neighbor. But I got a message the other day from somebody who had given some books to their neighbor, and the mother found Maverick is the boy's name. He sleeps with Grace's stories under his pillow every night. Oh. <laughs> and I think, oh, and there's another little girl in Virginia, uh, Vidya is her name, and she wrote her own book called Everybody Loves Coco as a result of this series. And at 11 years old to do that. So they are touching kids' lives. And I think Grace's lessons are so beautiful. Just simple life lessons. And uh, Maverick sleeps with the stories under his pillow every night. Oh, my gosh. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) That just came in like a week ago. And I was like, oh. This is why I have to keep going. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, I am so pleased to have been able to, to meet you and connect with you and to help spread the the word of grace. And I was just like, everybody does love grace. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for having me, Erin. And grace has been here the whole time. She was right here. She just moved over there. She woke up from her nap as soon as we started. So <laughs> I got Penny snoring next to me. <laughs> I'm always hoping that the microphone doesn't pick that up. <laughs> but I figure, you know, dog people will get it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. All right, Erin. Thank you for having me. So now what you're going to hear from Megan with her kid's eye view of the Everybody Loves Grace books. I wanted to give just a tiny bit of background on Megan. So I met Megan's mom, Lisa, back when I was in my 20s because she used to work with some friends of mine and we all became friends. And it just so happens that Lisa and her husband, Dan, bought a house in the same neighborhood where Tim and I live. And then through the magic of Facebook, I get to see photos of Lisa and Dan's daughter, Megan, as she's growing up. And so through Facebook, I had learned that Megan loves two things very much. Number one is dogs, and number two is reading. A girl after my own heart, I was obsessed with reading and still am. If I'm not working uh, my day job or working on the podcast, I'm probably reading. Sometimes I'm even reading the Kindle app on my phone while I'm standing in line for lunch and things like that. That's how much I love to read. So Lisa and Dan were so kind to let me get with Megan over the summer to talk about the Grace books and give her this reading assignment. And you heard me mention in the conversation with Katie that there are some plush Grace dolls that are now available. And so when those were finally available on her website, I bought one for myself and also one for Megan as a thank you for reading the books. And here's a quote from Megan's mom, Lisa. 
Megan has always had a love for dogs and for dogs to be treated well. She has such a passion for dogs that when she was six years old, she started an annual collection for our local humane society, which continues to grow each year. She took her stuffed Grace to school for a day where she was able to bring in items about herself. She told the class about the books and how she can't wait for the next one to come out. How totally adorable is that? <laughs> so now let's get started with Megan. So I am here today with Megan. Hi, Megan. Hi. And so what grade are you getting ready to start, Megan? Um, I'm getting ready to start fifth grade. And so you have a dog, right? Mm-hmm. I do. And what's your dog's name? Her name is Rose, and she's really cute. She's a Coon Hound Lab boxer. Yes, she's very adorable. <laughs> and how long have you had Rose? Well, I've had Rose since I was about six. I've had her for like four years. We actually got her from Paws, a rescue organization that was visiting PetSmart. You do a collection drive every year mm -hmm. for the Humane Society, right? Yes. What inspired you to start doing that? Well, I really love dogs, and they're my favorite animal. And they're just like one of they're probably like the best animal from my point of view. They're just like so easy to be with. And I just really want the animals to be happy. I think it's wonderful that you do that every year. And, and I think uh, your parents are doing such a good job if, if they have a daughter that wants to do that. <laughs> Thanks. And so you were going to read the Grace books, right? Yes. Did you read all of them? Um, yeah, I read all five. They were really and you good. thought they were really good? Yeah. <laughs> so did you have one that was a favorite? Um. My favorite's probably when I went to Pennsylvania. Why did you like that one? Because I've been to Pennsylvania, and I really like Christmas. Did you learn anything new from reading the Grace books? Well, I learned that Arizona goes from very hot to very cold very fast. <laughs> Have you ever visited any place other than Pennsylvania that Grace went to? Well, I've been to Texas. Oh, okay. that was fun. So one of the things I liked about the books is that they're written from the Grace the dog's point of view. Did you like that? Uh, yeah, it was a little different because you get to see like how the dog feels, but it it's kind of it's kind of like a human talking. Yeah, I really liked it. Did you think that Grace is a special dog? Um, yes, because she's, like, really good with people, and she just wants everybody to be happy. She just wants to cuddle with people. <laughs> so have you guys ever taken a road trip together with your dog? I haven't taken one with Rose, but I want to. Where would you want to go? I would probably want to take Rose to either probably Ocean City because I don't think she'd do well on a flight to Germany. <laughs> so Ocean City is probably our best bet. <laughs> do you think that other kids your age would like reading these books? Yes, I do. And I think my friends would really like it. Is there anything else you want to tell me about the books? Well, they're really good. And I think Grace is adorable. And I just want to pet the little fluff ball. <laughs> I know. I loved how they called her a fluff ball. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. It's nice that she doesn't mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Megan. I'm really excited to share your book review with my audience. 
Thank you. It was really fun. I loved reading the books. Thank you again, Lisa, Dan, and especially Megan, for taking the time out of your summer to read these books and give us your thoughts. I'll have a link in the show notes to everybodylovesgrace.com where you can order all of the books as well as your own stuffed grace. And starting October 1st, book six, Grace Visits Washington, D.C., will be available to pre-order, shipping out later in October. And you know, the holidays are coming up, so this would be the perfect gift for a dog-loving child in your life. Or heck, even an adult. I totally loved the books and the stuffed animal. <laughs> I'm so thankful to Katie McQuaid, and I'm so grateful that our paths crossed thanks to our love of dogs. I love everything about her story, and it's exactly the reason why I wanted to start a podcast, because sometimes these dogs come along and just take our lives in a totally different direction that we didn't expect, and it's amazing. So make sure you check the show notes. I'll have links to where you can find Katie and Grace online on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube, where you can also see Katie read the books and maybe some cameo appearances by the very camera-shy Grace. So that'll do it for this episode of the Believe in Dog podcast. Remember, if you'd like to give a thank you to your dog for being a healer, a teacher, or an inspiration in your life, you can send an email to Erin, E-R-I-N, at Believe in Dog podcast, or send me a direct message on Facebook or Instagram, and I will include you in the second anniversary show coming up in October. I'll have links to those in the show notes also. Remember, you can find me on Facebook at Believe in Dog Podcast, and on Instagram at Believe in Dog Podcast with underscores. You can also find me on Clubhouse at Believe in Dog Pod. Make sure to check the photo gallery and show notes for this episode of the podcast to see adorable pictures of Katie and Grace, and also, my dog Nino was caught snuggling with Grace on the sofa. Until next time, this is Aaron Scott, sending you hugs and belly rubs. The Believe in Dog podcast is a production of Hugs and Belly Rubs, LLC.